Um, I'm Eli Leonard, and my memories are complicated, but not important. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> All right. We're sitting here. We're in front of the mics anyways right now, so we got to fucking record. Anyway. Okay, let's do it. Oh, baby, baby. Oh, hold on. I don't want to start like that. Too late. We already did. Welcome to Callbacks. Right, I, started it, I started when you said welcome to Callbacks. Take it to church. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Won't he do it? Welcome to another episode of the Callbacks Podcast. Call Blacks. The world is black. The world is white. What should, all right, my birthday is June 25th. Listeners, Sam, what should I do for my birthday? 31. Uh, for your 31st birthday, that is Danny Sellers, one of the co-hosts, by the way, if you're new around here, I'm Sam Salem. Birthday coming up. We, I, forget, we, I always forget we have close birthdays. Black. If you listen to this, you look at our Instagram, I am the black one. Go ahead, finish. Um, <laughs> yep, he is. So if you hear any, any... So when this episode comes out, it'll be like the week of your birthday before your birthday, right? It'll come out on a Tuesday and your birthday will be the following Sunday. I need help. What should I do, bruh? <laughs> Honestly, birthdays are kind of as a thirty-one-year-old. Like, yeah, what is? What are the op- What are the options? Like, it's Coochie. like, hey, everybody. <laughs> the options are like, hey, all my friends meet up at a bar. Yeah, right. I don't want to. Okay, this is the thing. Dilemma, friends listening. I need your help once again. So I don't know if I want to spend money for people. In right. The sense that like oh, everything gonna, is so expensive to do yeah. anything. Like, oh, I'm gonna get a table, or I'm gonna, like I don't don't think I want to necessarily do that. Yeah. But I do want to go somewhere that has a good vibe, and you know, as far as music, you know, rap, R and B, Afro beats, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Which you you guys said a joke. Oh no! Just what a surprise! Wants to listen to rap music. <laughs> oh <laughs> damn, bro. I am nice. actually going to be, we're going to be like famous comedians for real, for real one day. And that's, that's going to be the clip that's going to yeah. bring me down. People are going to take it out of context. I love it. I this do. is the problem. Real quick. I want to get, I'll let you get back to this in like 10 seconds. I'm getting too comfortable around you where you usually make jokes of, Sam, weren't you saying this off camera? And yeah. you say that I was saying something crazy that I didn't say. So now I'm just starting to say those things as a joke because yeah. you always put those words in my mouth. Manifestation. I need to stop. Anyway, <laughs> you don't want to spend money. You want to go yeah, to a no, cool people, place? People that are listening, though. All right, so when you birthday parties, you don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of money. But I don't think I have a lot of friends that are like in the position to be spending a bunch of money just on me, yeah. right? And but I do want a good music, so I'm like, do I just find a little shitty bar that we could just control the music? Also, don't want the stress of having to like fill out a whole space myself. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we just we do shows, comedy shows. Like getting people out is not easy, right? And you only get so many of those are requests. Anybody that does comedy or anything knows, like uh, a singer, you only get so many requests to get people out the house. Yeah. So I just got a bunch of people out the house for the show that we just did last week. Sold out. <laughs> you know how we do it. <laughs> Bangers only. But um, so I don't know. I, my my gut reaction is I'm gonna probably end up somewhere with a group of people at like a a day party. Maybe there's a day party. I think that's Sunday. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my invite. Oh, you wanted to go? Oh, it was a long silence before you said that. Now I'm busy. Um, <laughs> that kind of music, though? Um, yeah, I'm a rapper. Little Sam Sam. Go, white boy. Go. Put on a beat. I'll freestyle right. Let me get 16. No. <laughs> like, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you freestyle. Here's my thing about the responsibility of, oh, it's my birthday. I want to invite people out. But then... I'm weirdly like, do I gotta pay for everybody now? Because right. like, as, as a dude, yeah, as a dude, you're not like, oh, hey, bro, you know, uh, yeah, dudes are still like not about to be all the time paying for you to hang out with your boys, yeah. So, but then it's like, do I sit here and invite a bunch of girls? Like, that seems stressful. Like, I'm just, I don't yeah, know what to do. I think I'm gonna try to find somewhere within next week. So, friends, if you know, if you've been in LA, you know spots in LA, and uh, you like. Rap music, R and B type shit, good vibes. Just bring a, a Bluetooth speaker to the beach, a little beach hangout. It's free. I'm, I was thinking about that too. Somebody, uh, I couldn't make it, but Ellen Harold had another comedian had that. I didn't. I couldn't make. It. I had a show, but um, yeah, that's why you didn't go. 
I actually had to work. It wasn't no, shit. it's because of your hate of white women. <laughs> be honest. You know how I get that. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Umar, be proud. But it's like, not, it's not, not, <laughs> there's not always bathrooms at the at the beach. I'm 31, dog. I can't hold my piss like I did at 21. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the whole, and you're thinking about the pro, was, you thinking about the prostate now? All these damn alkaline waters and shit. I, I kill these. What is in alkaline water that makes me... It, it, <laughs> My my urethra feels ran through after drinking alkaline water. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. My urethra feels ran through after I drink it alkaline water. In motherfucking insane, dog. It does. The beach might the beach might be a wave though. The beach birthday party is crazy. That is here's my thing, and this is like everyone talks about this. I truly get so stressed out. Like, oh, I'm gonna invite everybody out for dinner, and then it's pressure. Like, well, I should just pay for everybody, and then. People are like, no, we'll pay, but then but then I feel bad. It'll be like a group of 12 adults and like, can we split the check? And it's like, quit making this poor server yeah. who is on their last straw, who just got cussed out by somebody's aunt. And didn't get a part that they thought they were going to get. Yeah, in LA, they were like devastated that they, you know, didn't, yeah, they, whatever. Everything fell through in their entertainment plans. It's just like, I it, the, the amount of social anxiety I get where there have been times where it's like a $400 bill. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to spend $400 right now, but my anxiety of having yeah, to split yeah, the yeah. check and cause being inconvenience for someone is higher where I'm just like, uh, I'll, I'll just do it. And people are like, are you sure? And then I just put on that fake like, oh, I need the points anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Delta Amex. I, well, I feel like the smart people, the, all right, the go-to, and this has been discovered on podcasts a bunch of times, but the go-to is one person puts a card down, everyone else Venmo's. That's the go-to. Yeah. Unless it's like- unless But then it, people don't actually Venmo the amount that they're just like, oh, my sandwich was fifteen dollars. It's like, but plus tip and yeah. tax, then I pay forty dollars more. Right. Yeah, it's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm coming off as cheap. Sorry, go ahead. No, but I just think that's 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 the go to for if you're going to dinner. But also, yeah. surprised you said Venmo and not you know Cash App. But the black people, <laughs> black people do use Cash App. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, damn, you're racist. That's <laughs> I'm going crazy on this what? episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, the beach could be a vibe, but the okay. So the listeners, this is this is my little dating dilemmas. You go to a beach. I don't want to just invite a bunch of dudes. That's weird as shit. Yeah. So then, what do you do? Invite all your girls, you the like your crushes that you like to the beach. Have you ever heard of just inviting all the boys and all the women? Right, that's what I'm saying. So so you buy you invite a bunch of your boys, but you also invite one or two, two or three yeah, girls means. that you yeah, yeah means that you like. Thank you for the callback, great callback. Then that's also kind of like drama-ish because the beach is very social. You gotta like talk to people. At a bar, at a club, is music. You can kind of avoid not talking to someone the all day. You know the like those comedy parties we go to or just parties in general where it's yeah. 30 people and it's daytime. And it's not like it's ha- loud music. You got to communicate to people. Yeah. So now I got to pick one person. And I know a lot of comics who can't even make eye contact. So Fact. But then I got to spend my whole birthday with one person. That's just too many decisions. I think we should ban birthdays after 25 unless it's like the decade year. You can have a birthday on your 30th, 40th, oh, yeah, 50th. 31. But it's a big birthday. It's year for me though. Go on. Why was it a big year? A lot of life changes. A lot of... A lot of life changes, new chapter. You, you're leading your chrysalid, spreading your wings. That is the is butterfly. That, is that like a Bible reference or something? Chrysalid? Yeah. Chrysalis? Chrysalis. That's a, a cocoon is like for moths. A chrysalid or chrysalis. Is that the plural or for butterflies? Well, that's better than getting my urethra blown out. <laughs> Let's get into today's <laughs> interview. With an amazing guest. Bomb. Gra- it was a little bit sexy before, then you did that. It made it unsexy. Wouldn't be the first time. Ha ha ha. We're back, babies. We got an illustrious guest. If Danny illustrious. could just quit fixing his microphone. It's kind of awkward. Now. Are we live? Yeah. Are we streaming somewhere? <laughs> yeah. We are live. We are streaming straight into North Korea <laughs> for the propaganda. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> All right, let's get a proper intro. Do you want to introduce the podcast as if this is the beginning part of the podcast, like you do every time, even though we've already done the You're wasting pre- time, brother. Proper intro, like we like to do. Our guest today is a writer, actor, improviser, and comedian from Hopkins, Minnesota. 
Hop Town, stand up. We here, we made it, baby. He's written for <laughs> and co-starred in HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm, performed yep. his one-man show, Good Showbiz, to sold-out crowds in New York City and L.A., and is part of the prolific sketch comedy group. No, that's okay. It's truly with great excitement that we welcome to the pod 2015 Camp Herzl's the Coral Hakavod Award, two-time captain of Magnum, University of Michigan's ultimate team, and a participant in the Breck School's National Academy Quiz Tournament. Eli Leonard, welcome to the show. Wow. Yeah. Quiz Tournament. Incredible pull. <laughs> Off the bat. Yeah. And the Cola Kavod Award. I mean, it's called the Fitterman Award. You know, it's the Fitterman Cola Kavod Award. Cola Kavod just means good job. It means you did a good job. I did know so that. I, I did look up the meaning, but I means thought— means at my summer camp, I did a good job. Yeah, you were voted by your peers. Yeah. Yeah, they thought I did well. That's amazing. My friends thought I did well <laughs> taking care of campers for a summer. <laughs> Shout out Camp Herzl oh, in yeah. Webster, Wisconsin. 22. Yeah, Ooh, Webster, Wisconsin. Late. Yeah. It's kind of late to be. Yeah, it's a, it is a little late to be at a summer camp. Mm. I think it, it was. Camp counselor, though? That, they're usually a, college-age kids. It was like a program director. So I was like in charge of college-age kids who are in charge of 10th graders. Yeah, so I was a normal age to be. What was the most, what's the most memorable experience as a camp counselor? Camp director. I did it before too. Oh, you did one summer, yeah. One summer, two summer. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, we, we had, <laughs> He's like grilling you. Like we, <laughs> we had some. Uh, we had some crazy, crazy time. Like this is this is. I think that a lot of what I could say about my summer camp experience might might end up getting the camp closed. <laughs> I think it might close the camp. I think if any, it's one of those things where if, if anyone brings up their craziest experience. The camp is done for. <laughs> it's sort of like we all sort of just keep it secret. Wait, what happened you know? here, Steve? Well, like as a camper, there was a there was this massive, like it was oh oh six oh seven. Yeah, anything went in oh six oh seven. Yeah, yeah. Hazing the, that was just hazing was right. Yeah. Was favored, yeah. favorable. People love hazing. Aren't y'all doing it? Yeah. Well, there was not not my age group, but there was uh, two years older than us. They had, do you know the game roof ball? You throw the ball on the roof and then you catch it. And then you, you have to catch it in the air. You know, you jump and then you throw it back up on the roof. And then if the, go, if the ball doesn't make the roof, you're out. It's just, you know, yeah, it's, 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 a, a, it's an easy game. But, you know, <laughs> shall I be name dropping? Yeah, drop You know, it, yeah. the Gottliebs, the Shapiros, yeah. <laughs> the Tarshish family. I don't know if they'd be so happy to hear. But yeah, their boys were playing... <laughs> uh, roof ball in the dark, nude. Ooh. At their counselor's request. Oh, that's oh, that's that's depressing. Oh no, but it was so much fun for them. <laughs> it was so much fun for them, and then they fun then, for who? The kids or the counselor? The counselor and the kids. They'll all tell you they had such a great time, and I'm sure they as adults just hiding it, hiding something deep down, so they don't have to experience real. Thoughts. I think a lot of the people I went to summer camp with are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a fire cold open. I'm gonna use that. That's, that should be our podcast intro song. <laughs> I yeah, camp can, any summer camp is chaotic. There, there should be more TV shows based off of kids' summer camp. Yeah, yeah. There's just yeah. like a lot of hot. movies, a lot of movies. Yeah, the Wet Hot American Prom. Summers, right. those are good. Yeah, I think it's the same. Like now that um uh Quinta Brunson's show, uh, Abbott oh, Elementary. Abbott. Like, there's so many, there's yeah. so many things, there's so many absurd things that, like, adults working with kids all day, there's gonna be like yes. the craziest, funniest things happening, and they finally crack the code with that show. I think there, I think there definitely needs to remember be like that the, show. Uh, was it Camp Juice or Bug Juice on Disney? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's on me. You know, there was a show. I don't even that. remember that a little bit. That's so juice? aggressive. I mean, it sounds awesome for the listeners. If you remember Bug Juice, please comment. It was like, a, it was like, a, like a reality TV show on, I think it was either Disney or uh, Nickelodeon. And it was like summer camp. It was like, oh, Joshua likes Rebecca, but Rebecca is, it was like the, one of the first kids reality shows. Whoa. Yeah, look it up. That's a great idea it's, for a show. <laughs> it is. It worked. Yeah, it Back worked. then, 2000, whatever, three, four, five. I wonder where those people are now. I love it. Like, yeah, it's like pre- Love Island shit. Yeah, so it's like right. much younger. Yeah, inappropriate. And children <laughs> and children. Yeah. Oh, I told, I told Ariel I was gonna go behind the the North stalls yeah. tonight. He would hug. <laughs> I yeah. told her that she didn't show up. She didn't show up. Right. I got blue balls. 
from no hug. Yeah. <laughs> the blue balls cause no, no hug. That's All right, really sorry. Funny. You can get to our dates. Uh, well, yeah, let's get to our favorite segment, Save the Date, uh, where we take some dates from your life. It's like a walk down memory lane. Real quick, before we get to this, you seem like a guy with a lot to say. Anything, a little confessional. This is a new segment, just confessional. Anything you got to get off your chest, you don't have to, but just... Just in case. You don't have sometimes any- nobody asks. Sometimes someone's walking around all day wanting to get something off their chest. I yeah. have become so frantic hearing yeah. that question. Just knowing that, yes, I obviously have something <laughs> to get off my chest. I know. And to to work it into one thing. That isn't that doesn't take the entire time. <laughs> uh, how how you know, off my chest. Yeah, there are some things I could get off my chest. I think there's a few stand-up comedians who I don't like. Yes. Name names. I'm not going to name names. Ah, come uh, on. It's time to uh, get toxic, misogynistic. Yeah. No, problem. yeah, it might be misogynistic. Some of them. Some of them might, and some of them, it might be misogynist to say I don't like them. I'm with it, Hating bro. stand-ups is part of stand-up, is part of stand-up but it's, it's part of a gender spectrum. It's, there, are pe- there are people all over it that are completely intolerable. Do you, so... I feel this too. Sam likes everyone. He's like a golden retriever. Yeah, he is. Call Y'all have not hung out with me, but no, I no, you're you're deeply you're dark. <laughs> you're a dark man, yeah. and you're hurt on the inside. But when you talk to people, you tell them you love them. Thank you a lot. Right, and it's kind of like okay, bro, stop licking my face, type shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I only tell that to the people I love. People think I'm just saying it to everyone. I genuinely, I'm a big fan of you guys. No, I, I think, love not, you guys. In reality, I do think you're just a nicer person to people in real life. And a lot of people like you. You're just you're. You're easy to be around a lot of people, and I'm not. I'm, I'm assuming you're not too. Like I don't like a lot of people in general. And comedians, I think, favor a little bit more than like the mean of people that I like. You like them a little bit more, less, a little bit less. Okay, I, if yeah. The, the median yeah. of what I like is say fifty percent. I only like maybe thirty-five percent of comedians. Yeah, you're one of the good ones. Is what you're saying. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you hope know. that you're the. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm aware that there could be a strong sentiment from comedians who, I guess, fancy themselves in the cool group who might hate me. Yeah. And I don't know this. I haven't had this realized. I haven't heard somebody bring up, oh, you know, they were talking shit about you. Yeah. I haven't heard this. (laughs) I just assume it's happening. Is your Michael Jordan, uh, like, fake... Yes. Like problems yes. Like, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he, I took it personally. <laughs> right. What'd you take personally, sir? Uh, you know, someone was on their phone when I was doing my set. Yeah, I took that personally. I took that shit personally. Someone spoke when I was talking. You know, I took that. And I, I'm a huge heckler <laughs> from the audience. But if someone says a word to me, I go through darkness and it's hard to come out. And then I pin, I pin it all on them. Never inward. That's good. As a comedian, you can't look inward. No. You do... You need to go as far inward as you can so that you can have a personal story for the stage. Yeah. That's it. But just that far. Never inward. Well, you that's know. your motto. Your motto is never inward, never inward, right? That's, that's what you're always <laughs> and, saying. And I stand by it. And I stand by the fact it. That you said it again, the same. <laughs> never inward, never inward. <laughs> <laughs> never inward, never inward. That's how we that's how that's the Eli. That's the Eli that's my All right, let's get to save the date. Our first date for you here. April 27th, 2014. Any guesses? Mm, big day. Um, does this have to do with Ultimate? It does. Movie? It does. Uh, was this uh, Nationals or Easterns? You captained your squad to a Great Lakes Regional Championship yeah. against Northwestern on a lovely Sunday. You had a kick, defensive kick, whatever you call it. Kick block, yeah. Kick block. Not allowed in Canada, by the way. They don't allow kick blocks in Canada. Those Canucks, bro. Those Canucks. But a kick block into like an 80-yard bomb or something like that? Yeah, it was a... I mean, it was definitely the moment I replay the most in my my life. Yes. The moment of glory. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a nice day. It was not a nice Sunday. Very windy. Terrible for ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. If it's A lot of crosswinds. Well, yeah, a lot of crosswind, but it's upwind, downwind, which means the score is going to be very low. Mm -hmm. Because if it's 40 mile an hour winds you got to throw it a, a disc right into the wind that thing's going like 20 yards tops right yeah so it's a field position game at that point point. and yes i am schooling you on the intricacies of of <laughs> of play development and ultimate frisbee uh, with yeah. the with the varying weathers yeah you know? 
Well, I mean, you were. I mean, it was kind of like a career-ending injury. You had you had uh, you had chance of being Team USA. I know you're even the inspiration for Trey Taylor, Team USA. Wow, uh, that's true. Ultimate. Do you did you talk to Trey? I did not. I mean, I keep my ear to the ground. Trey, Trey why don't you come in? Trey, <laughs> up, where are you, man? I love you, man. Yeah, his him and his brother Jordan. Yeah, they were good. Hopkins. We went to Hopkins together. Hopkins Ultimate had a great frisbee team in high school. Oh, so good. The high school, and I went. Uh, I played for them from seventh grade through high school, and I was the captain of the JV team, and then the captain of the varsity team, and then these, the, yeah, the Taylors played both the Taylors, yeah. all three Taylors, you know, big family, big group, yeah. a big hurt family, Hopkins hurt, yeah, that's what we were called. We were called hurt, really, yeah, because it was like, like physical, just yeah, like hurt, like we were hurt, yeah. like we often had injuries. It was oh, not of, it was a team full of it was a team. <laughs> you weren't full of, la- you weren't laying the hurt. You were the hurt. Views. It was often injured. No, I think in like 2000, there was some guy, Justin Berg, who came up with the name because he was like, they, him and his friends would call like something cool or or sick, maybe dope. They'd call it hurt. Oh, that's so hurt, bro. Good yeah, so hurt. That is so hurt. What is, so Team USA Ultimate, I mean, uh, to the layman's would call it Ultimate Frisbee, but it's not called Ultimate Frisbee because Frisbee is a brand, like disc, whatever. Oh, anyway, like chapstick. But yeah, like Kleenex, but. Ultimate, like Team USA, is this an Olympic Forex. Velcro? But Ooh, that, but actually, <laughs> hey, I'm a fool with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, is is it an Olympic sport or is it like no. a is it a but there's an international there's an international Ultimate Federation? Yeah, there's a there's a an organizing group, okay, governing that, body that gets together, and I think some of them are paid. <laughs> like some of the officials, like the commissioner. Some, yeah, the the officials, and yeah, who pays the salary? <laughs> I think it's the people who are in who play ultimate. Like there's a ton of people you pay who your play fees. the sport. They, you play the fees yeah. and then you pay the fees and then the people who organize the sport get paid a little bit. <laughs> it would be funny. I thought like a skit. Like all of the world's commissioners for sports. <laughs> it's like Roger Goodell and Adam Silver. They're like the guy, the ultimate frisbee guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, just all getting together. Yeah, working part time. It's like you know, fucking. I think that's the show. <laughs> a show about an ultimate frisbee team. That's. That's that's the show. Okay, yeah. you guys blink stairs. Yeah. yeah what was well, it like? What was it like getting Jim Harbaugh out to uh, watch you practice you yeah. with your ultimate Tackies team? And everything. Yeah, yeah. He, um, Jim Harbaugh, the coach, coach of, of University Michigan of Michigan football, football, had just been hired by the University of Michigan, and this was my senior year, and my team was getting ready to go to regionals, and he had just been hired, and I wrote an article for a satire website about the Frisbee team, and we invited Jim Harbaugh to practice. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, explaining what the sport was and then trying to get him there. And then uh, we did, like, a hashtag, you know, (laughs) ultimate Frisbaugh. Oh. Pretty good, good, right? Pretty good. For a college guy? Yeah, yeah. Sort of a desperate. 22, yeah. Yeah, sort of. For a frat guy at University of Michigan. Yeah. Um, But he, and he arrived the first night. The the first night of this campaign to get him there <laughs> it didn't take him a lot it didn't it was take like him any one hashtag all right well i guess i have to do one it. single night you got it it was kind of like ruined the magic you guys are like oh you're kind of a loser bro you're just showing you, <laughs> this you, thirsty. you didn't have anything going on yeah, yeah and people were like we, we he shouldn't be here it's gonna it's gonna distract us from training i was like no go fuck yourself <laughs> this is the only thing that i will be excited <laughs> to tell my <laughs> right, right from the sport because <laughs> telling you guys about this Kick block, yeah, winning regionals. You don't know the sport at all, at all. And I'm not gonna. I'm sit impressed. Here, I'm not gonna sit here defending the sport like it is a sport, okay? Because I played it. <laughs> I was one of the best players in the country at this sport is, for years. Is it more finesse or athleticism? It seems it, like finesse. It's definitely both. Like okay. the the quarterback, the handler position is definitely finesse and like pivoting and angles and you know, yeah. I mean that's like the quarterback, but right. It's a constantly moving game. It's like, you know, the, once the disc hits the ground, it's immediately the other team right. picks it up. So it's always running. It's kind of like a soccer-ish kind of uh Yeah, yeah. Well, it's non-athletes can play it until. So I think there will come a day when Ultimate Frisbee either becomes obsolete or has like in- incredible athletes. Like there mm-hmm. are some amazing athletes. I'm already saying like TikTok clips of like incredible ultimate plays where it's like yeah, real athletes throwing like 80 yard bombs and like diving yeah, catches. Yeah, like those those plays happen and then 
I don't, you know, I just think that sport hasn't taken off because it's associated with like dogs and <laughs> smoking pot <laughs> and the beach, yeah, you know. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of the hate Ashbury, you know. Like, yeah. You know, doing some LSD, throwing a frisbee around. Facts. Yeah. Spike bomb. Which is tripping over nothing spike. like some frizz, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, shout out to Ultimate. Shout out Ultimate, baby. We didn't, we, I, I think you're the most, uh, you're the, out of all the guests we've had, you're the closest guest to making a Team USA. So that's I was an alternate. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So I made it. Yeah, you made but it. But I didn't go. It's like getting drafted but cut before the season starts. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Red shirt, sort of. Had to do a lot of paperwork still, right? Yes, yes. I had to take my picture. Yeah. My picture was up with the rest of the team. You got a uniform? Uh, just in case. Oh, no, I didn't get a kit. I didn't get a uniform. Nice. No. <laughs> No, it's adversity in my life. It doesn't seem like Most it bothers of my you. childhood adversity, <laughs> which I speak about, you know, I don't speak about Frisbee on stage that much, but because it's boring. I think it's boring. Maybe, maybe there's, because when you said there would be a show, oh, maybe there should be a show about Frisbee. I disagree. <laughs> I think, I think no one will buy it. I think if it was on TV, maybe it would do well. If it was done perfect, just perfectly. But everyone taking it so seriously to something that doesn't seem that serious, yes. there seems comedy in that. Yes. But there's so many sports that we didn't necessarily give a fuck about, that TV, and if it presents it in the right way. Like, no one give a fuck Court about hole. F1. Oh. No one, no one in America cared at all about F1. Now it's, like, probably one of the fastest, other than UFC, MMA, one of the fastest growing. MMA, another thing. No one cared about MMA, and then, like, they positioned it in a cool way. Yeah. So you got to just but like... Even, cor even, even yeah, corn, but even cornhole, like bags, it'll be on ESPN too and yeah. it'll be like highlight shots and it'll make bowling, Sports Center top Bowling 10. gets a TV. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah. The see, sports, when I see time. those sports getting airtime, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Why, <laughs> why, why doesn't Frisbee get any of this? Well, at least a, a nice sun, late Sunday. Cornhole? I know. Do you, and do y'all actually... Are you just referring to it as Frisbee... Get, just because we're layman's, like when you're actually with no, your, I call it frisbee. I don't, people, I don't people need call it. Call it ultimate. Okay. I don't need to do that. UF, U, UF, UFA. That's what's up. Sorry. Go um, no, no, yeah. Pivoting out of that, I want to talk about um, December 5th, 2021. Hmm. This was your appearance uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Boom, 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 All you guess, every once in a while, I run into people who don't know what Curb is and that's why you know you probably know Seinfeld the George Costanza one of the creators head writers Larry David of of Seinfeld George Costanza based on him wrote he has his own show that's iconic and one of the greatest who doesn't shows. know fucking Curb I've, I met some people this weekend that then in, in Minnesota they're not, listening home to, state. they're not listening to this podcast anyway Eli uh one I would love to hear your experience about that I know like you had cool you you were started as a PA on that production production yeah. assistant yeah and then larry was like hey you can pitch ideas and then you got to audition you know i know you have cool moments of just dancing thinking no one's watching and then ted dancing sees you and is yeah. like i'm gonna dance with you yeah that must have been cool dancing 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 america's yeah. sweetheart ted dancing but first and foremost uh because you get a lot of microaggressions thrown at you uh for being jewish and yeah. i prefer micro though yeah, you get. I'm sure you get macro. Micro, I'm sure you get yeah. macro ones too, which is. But how? No, no. I mean, I haven't been hit much. <laughs> I prefer a microaggression to a to a macroaggression any day. That's hilarious. Keep throwing them at me. <laughs> I'm serious. The danger of aggression towards Jews is very real. Yeah. And I'm and I don't wear the a yarmulke. I don't wear a kippah or the the seat seat. You know the the little String. spindles that yeah. come out of the. Shirt, I used to live in I used to live pick up Robertson, so I don't Yeah, okay. So all of these, I don't I don't wear any of that. But I think if you were gonna find two of us on the street, one of them like that, one of them who, who is me, you'd probably throw the brick at me first. <laughs> so I've been lucky to evade. <laughs> for That's this not moment. funny, but you delivered that very funny. <laughs> well, so how much because like I think that's a lot of my comedy. Not funny, but delivered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a touch. No, that is what comedy is. That's like a serious subject, but it, yeah. like the way you deliver it, it's very Okay, funny. so what, what were you saying? Well, there's so many questions I want to ask because know how I know you, you, one of the plot lines is Larry David, there's a young Larry show that he's pitching and you got to audition for that. Yeah. They miscast you, one of the greatest miscast, or they didn't cast you in it. One of the biggest miscastings in the history of the world. History of television. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but what, Similar. was Post, it vindicating? Post 
because there was i mean i didn't get i didn't get to play shylock and merchant of venice in my high school that was crazy too that's also because you went to a christian high school yeah i went to a christian high school but they didn't cast me as shylock were you always in the theater was just like when it got to high school it was like no 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 look can i be honest with you yeah that shylock thing yeah that was a joke (laughs) (laughs) didn't happen it didn't happen it's never happened on the podcast before people lying yeah. Feel free to lie for the rest of the That's time, right. too, by the way. No, I had to come clean. You didn't perform there. Your first real performance was Family Vacation London, Paris, five years old, camcorder <laughs> on you. You hit yourself with a, in the penis with a beanie baby. Yes. Right. For my, bro- my, my two older brothers. And it got laughs. Put a camera on me when I was five years old. And yeah, I was just mashing the area where balls would be <laughs> with a beanie baby. Just nonstop. Making my brothers laugh. Yeah, that was definitely that was that was a good Highlight. those were some good good laughs. Big callback. Good laughs. Oh, well, sorry, so, just, oh go ahead. Herb. Talk about Herb. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, to, on Curb, what I want to ask you is, uh, was it vindicating you don't get cast as young Larry? A lot of people tell you, you look like Larry David. So there, I saw so many random people on the internet, Reddit, Twitter, who like didn't know you existed before you made your appearance on Curb. And a bunch of people were saying, like, why isn't that guy cast as young Larry? That 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 guy should have been young Larry. Like, was that kind of, did you see those comments? And was that? Oh, I, I saw them. <laughs> and I saw them from people who sent them to me, too. Like, that was my life for a long time afterwards. Because when I didn't get the young Larry role, at first I was like, you know, well, that's, I can't believe I was right under them. And they didn't pluck me for this. Yeah. Killed it. And then I, um, when it was, then I sort of got over it. And then when it came out again. Yes. And then everyone is saying, this guy should be him. Yeah. It was almost worse. Yeah. I mean, it just like restoked everything. Such an LA thing. But, but I know that it wasn't like the role that they had written for last season just wasn't, they weren't going for someone who was like a doppelganger. So that's what I've had to tell myself (laughs) over this span of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I pitched something about being like, uh, like a long lost relative or something uh-huh. like someone who was like him, but, um, not him. Right. And they were like, it's too scrappy do that's, that was like the way they like said no to it. They were like, yeah. nah, it's too scrappy do. And then immediately after they have a storyline about young Larry David as a young man, on right. a TV show. And it's, and, but the way they did it, 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 you know, it wasn't really scrappy dude. They just like had like someone who was sort of a who was playing a hot shot be the look, I'm disappointed. <laughs> okay. Is, is that what you want? What is uh <laughs> uh on the even on the PA side and just your time around that show? Yeah. We all people that are big comedy fans know it's mostly improvised. What is it like watching that, you know, whether it be on in front yeah. of the camera or behind? Yeah, that was that was an incredibly good experience most of the time. Like the the process of that show was um, people think that the show's like not written, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's heavily crafted. Like the storylines are meticulously crafted. And whatever the showrunners who are Larry David and Jeff Schaefer, whatever they want to put in a script, they'll find a way to get that into the script. But when they go into shooting a scene, there's nothing that is like, word for word dialogue that anyone has to hit. Right. So they essentially are like, they essentially do like three different pieces in their production. Like they do, they, they make a sculpture from three different slabs of marble. Basically it's like first one is they lay down the slate with, with the scripts and then they start chiseling away at it in the, you know, when they perform it. And then in editing is really when it all comes together. Because yes. they have, like, hundreds of takes. Right, right. Three, four, you know, two, three cameras, maybe four yeah. cameras, depending on the shot. And so you see, like, they get, when they go after it, they have coverage on everything. And they get every little moment they could possibly think of. They, like, right. they get everything they need yeah. all the time. And then they go into edit, and it's like, well, what's necessary for the story? That's what I was going to say, because like, because typically I feel like when you write a show or movie, you go in, you do the math before you shoot to make everything make sense. Like, all right, this has to happen, so that happens. The callback to this, so we can't, you know, that that yeah. you're writing. But I feel like that has to happen after the fact in editing, where it's like we have all these different kind of choose your adventure type shits, right? Yeah. 
And we know the the kind of the beginning and the end and like it's you know, some of the middle. But like if I make a little joke about your fucking collar and your shirt that was improvised, that's not, you know, it just seems such a crazy, yeah. cool little, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and if they do, if they find something like that, they're like, oh, the collar. They're, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. They figure out the collar, then they have to remember, you know, so <laughs> yeah. they have to track the scene. Right. Of, okay, wait, oh, the collar, that's could be added to this thing. They have to bring it back in the you know, another, you know, dinner scene. With yeah, right, Susie right, Collins. exactly. Like, fuck right. doing? That's, That's crazy. Wild. Yeah. How, what's the, um, kind of, obviously Larry David is like a, a huge inspiration and impact on you and, uh, kind of coupling that with earlier talking about the microaggressions, you get a lot of people that like, it, this guy looks like Larry David. Oh, he's like Larry David, young Larry David. How much of, what's the percentage of flattering to, anti-semitic when people are well, telling okay. you that i mean there's a third thing there because like okay. i find everything <laughs> i find almost anything anti-semitic you could say anything i'll figure out a way to make it <laughs> anti-semitic no. Nice. But, no but um when someone says like you look like a younger version of larry david to me i'm like okay so you think that i look like the most unwell version of an old man <laughs> like before fame and success yeah, yeah. when he was like you know right. it's such a negative way of looking at it it's like oh you you look like a vibrant version of an old right. man no no they're saying that pre-seinfeld yeah, <laughs> you're the one that's behind the scenes at max <laughs> and and like Over a young word. version you know he talk he does like a he has a few stories about it you know he's like he, he talks about masturbating all the time as like as a child and like, you know, spitting in his car or having like loogies in his car because he drove an old woman and she didn't see the phlegm all over the place. You know, this version of him, that's really. Sounds like you have too much information about Larry David because <laughs> people do, are not thinking, I people do. are not thinking about that yeah, when they're giving you that compliment. Yeah, I guess the more I know, the less, <laughs> the less it's flattering. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. You've met the man. Don't meet your heroes. No, he seems like a good. No, he he, seem, great, he seems like a great guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get uh, to our last date, um, just thinking of iconic people in the comedy scene, um, you like to do in your act like a a, de a deranged version of Rodney Dangerfield, or should I call him Rodney Derangerfield? Oh, nice. That that is That's good. That is what I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, Derangerfield. What, what um. Can we get, can we get a little bit of your well, okay, Rodney so Deranger Rodney feel? Rodney is like my one of my favorite people ever, you yeah. know. And I I thought comedy was like you got to be like Rodney Dangerfield yeah. if you're gonna do comedy. Like yeah. growing up, because his joke he just has jokes, jokes, yeah. jokes, jokes, jokes. <laughs> yeah, what? no one has them though, you know. But like no one, no one does it like that at all anymore. His physicality, and, ugly, he's weird looking. You know, my wife, she's not very smart, okay? You know, for Christmas, I got her an apple. She dipped it in caramel. <laughs> but the way that I like to, to like, evolve that is just, you know, my wife, I I think she's a dumb bitch. <laughs> and this is the place I got to talk about it. You know, like, then it's like, now it's a stand-up. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. every stand-up, if you're a stand-up now, you're just like, you know, my girlfriend said something to me that made me upset. And here's where, this is the forum for it. Yeah, so yeah. If Rodney was doing that, I think that's fucking funny. Yeah. Because he just like, was like, no, you got to do jokes. Yeah. He thought you had to do jokes. Uh. If he saw the game today. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, what terror. Yeah, oh, he would be, yeah, perfect little. I would love to see Rodney Dangerfield crowd work clips. <laughs> what would that, what would, give us, give us Rodney At Dangerfield the doing a crowd work clip. <laughs> oh what God. would that even, what would that even look like? Hey, who's talking? <laughs> you know, that makes me sad. You know, I'm doing it. Doing my best up here. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, my parents didn't like me. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen like old clips of Rodney, like where he's like on an interview with maybe Stern or something, and he's like, he's like not, he doesn't give it. He's not funny when he's talking. Like yeah. he, he's not like doing it. He's like. Oh. He's you know, off when he's off. You know, it's really sad what I went through. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was, a, I was an aluminum siding salesman, and, you know, yeah, and uh, did that because I didn't have a job. <laughs> it didn't work, you know. It was a really fucked up dude. Yeah. 
They're like making, they're doing like little bits about aluminum. He's like, why would you say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we got a last funny. date. Yeah, all right. Last date before we, you know, you got to hard out. You're a busy man. All these shows to go What's to. Busy? Um, it's already happening. February 14th, 2023. This is a recent one. That's Valentine's Day. It is Valentine. Yes. Tell us about your brutal breakup to your long-term girlfriend. <laughs> oh, what? Did you really, really happen? That's that did happen. That but did that's occur. not the date. Uh, did, did, that did occur right before I, Valentine's Day. That did occur. That's right. crazy. That's not the reason I brought up the date. And then on Valentine's Day, I think was the the festival, the Chosen Festival. Right? The Chosen the Festival. Eli Leonard, amongst big comics, is performing at a 2,000-person sold-out theater. Yeah, that was wild. Um, yeah, real quick, what is... I, I, you're such a unique performer. Uh, okay, at the beginning, you're like, you always just say nice things. I, like, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, mean this. Like, you take the biggest swings out of anybody that I see whenever you perform. Like it is the definition of like, I'm going to blast this out of the park or I'm going to fall down striking out. Like it is just like, I am going to leave it all out there. I'm Jim Tomei. Yeah. Yeah. He's the Eli Leonard of the MLB for sure. And um, so just what is it like going from sometimes you're performing in clubs, you're very much in the alt clown scene, and then you're going to 2,000 seat. Like, it's all so different. So how do you yeah, manage all of that? Because you you are not a comic. Like, I think of someone like a Sam Morrill who's like, I'm just going to come up here, say my punchlines, yeah. and then and he's very good at it. But yeah. you are very, like, you'll be super physical, and then you'll be intellectual, and then you'll be edgy, and then you'll do a weird character where you don't even say a word for two minutes. <laughs> so, like, how do you manage going from... Well... Club yeah. to theaters to all that. I have uh, only, you know, I recently did started doing stand up, like essentially as the pandemic, as people were coming back from the pandemic. Right. So that's when I started doing like stand up proper. Before mm -hmm. that, I was doing improv. And then I started working with the Idiot Workshop, which is like sort of a clown, clown adjacent style of theater. Um, but I always was scared to go up as a stand-up because I thought that you just needed to have jokes no matter what. And I, 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 I can't, for me, the idea that I'm going to go into my house and write something down and then say it, and then it's going to be funny is crazy. <laughs> like just with my own yeah, way. Yeah. Like some people are so good at it, but yeah. at an open mic, it's obvious that people are bad at it. Yeah. Generally speaking. Oh yeah. Like sure. most most the ones that do it even, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like most new jokes, especially. And I was like, I can't. But I I guess I started to do stand-up sort of in more of a loose interpretation of it. And then I would field material from ideas I've had over the years or from what I found on stage. And then I started to like note, realize like, okay, but I do need to be able to work for real people. Right. I need to be able to like, if I'm going to, do, do anything I need to like do it at scale yeah I need to be able to have like jokes I need to have a set like a real set so I started putting together like a set like of you know five minutes of just like here are some jokes and at first it started it was like a lot of you know and it still sort of is but first it was like a lot of holocaust stuff that was just that's my muse you know I'm so crazy. thankful for anti-semitism <laughs> for being my muse <laughs> for, for, Especially for, in the pandemic. Yeah. Hot, hot yeah. Time. Um, but I guess going from like clown to stand up, I, you know, I just had to take stand up like seriously. I just had to be like, because I've, I've seen that stand up is actually a way to get like work, like a way to get like jobs, yeah. even if it's like just on someone else's sketch. Like if right. people just start seeing you because you, you get up and do stand up. Mm -hmm. You have to get a lot of people to your shows. Otherwise, like if it's a clown or improv show, people have to go to it. But stand-up seems to draw in everybody, mm -hmm. no matter what. And so it was really just like, I have like maybe 15, 20 minutes of like written word material I can do. And if I can go up on a show night and do as little of my material as I can, I've done well, in my mm -hmm. opinion, or I'm right. happy. But if I'm going to do a show, like a bigger show, like this festival where it's a lot of people, I was like, okay, I just, I'm just going to do the jokes I know yeah. that work, like time in, time out. Yeah. Just like a stand-up, you know, right, like right. a real, like a real person doing a real stand-up. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. A real boy. A real boy. Yeah. I love it. Um, anything else you got to ask, Danny? 
You know, Sam, you've asked all the questions that we had time to ask. <laughs> Took up all the time. Uh, well, speaking of Eli doing stand-up, me and Eli in October, October 20th and 21st. Ooh, on the road, boy. Sisyphus Brewing. We're co-headlining. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to go. I hope so. One of the nights, at least. I'm Do you say he's going last? I was literally about to say I'm definitely going I'm definitely having him going last. I'm not. Try- I'm not trying to follow Eli. He is a one of one lightning in a bottle. So, uh, check out uh, probably both of our link in bios on Instagram. Sisyphus Brewing, October twentieth, twenty first. You can come see us. Go headline. It'll be cute as heck. Um, anything else you want to plug, Eli? That no, that's okay. Your sketch group. Yeah, I guess you just did it. I'm in a sketch group. You know, sort of a. You said prolific. Definitely not professional. It's, we do make a lot. More, of more lific. <laughs> yeah. Lific. We're lific. Semi-prolific. Yeah. And I guess the chosen semi-prolific. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I'd like to plug you guys. Oh, thank you. Good man. job coming up with that together here. That's exciting to see comedians work together. It's rare. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the chosen comedy festival is going to be back in... New York, Coney Island, and uh, the Catskills um, this September and August, or July and August. So, the Catskills, baby. Yeah. Where it all goes down. Yeah. That's amazing. <sighs> Make some noise right now for Eli, everybody. Uh, Woo! Uh, and where are these panties coming from that people started throwing? <laughs> the people on audio didn't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Praying to you, bitch. I go now? Love you so uh, much, Eli. You watched that show, The Idol, on HBO? I have not watched The Idol on HBO. This probably might be kind of toxic for your house. Are y'all like a PG-13 house? Y'all ain't watch like... Here's the thing. No, we're not. Um, by the way, what a great interview that was with Eli Leonard. Yeah, we're, back. Great, yeah. we're back. We're um, back. We're back wrapping things up, but what a great guy. I mean, you're talking about... It's on HBO, right? And he was... On an HBO show, so you're a professional. Yeah, you know, we were you were thinking about HBO because he was on Career Enthusiasm. Here's my thing about like, I am like a prude. Like I don't like because sometimes like especially in streaming because it wasn't the same. It's not the same like rules as as regular network television. They would just throw in some balls or throw in some titties for no reason. Like they just because they can. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is not advancing the storyline. No. And so sometimes I'm just like, this isn't neat. If people want to watch that stuff, they can, there are avenues to watch it. Like just, okay, yeah, they're about to have sex. Like, why are you dragging it out randomly? Like if it's not advanced, like I, a show like Bridgerton, there are scenes that like certain things happen within those scenes that like are, oh, like he doesn't want to get her pregnant and she doesn't know how this works. So it, like, but I don't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Last night, there was a scene literally, I mean, they cut right before, but I feel like in real life, he had to have touched. Like the weekend, it, this is crazy. This show is about this like pop star, Molly Cyrus kind of girl, whatever. And the weekend plays like her love interest kind of antagonist dude. When I tell you he had to been no more than a centimeter away from her breast being in his mouth. And I'm like, it was like a Sunday night. I'm like, dog, what's going on, bro? This is like the most craziest wild. Like they could do, they could have just been doing the act, the the typical, you know, making out and like right. rubbing each other, even having your titties out. But the fact that I almost saw the weekend suck this young lady's titty. <laughs> this is aggressive. On HBO. This is so aggressive. On a Sunday night, it was like, but that's how I felt, bro. Watching, I'm like, dog. I'm You're still, like, I don't need this. I'm a 30 year old grown man that likes girls too. I'm like, dog, this is a lot. Yeah, that. Well, honestly, like the 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 trope is like whenever you watch a movie like that as a kid, that's like the moment your parents walk in the room. Yeah, is right, right, that? right, right, right. I, I feel was like by myself. Yeah, <laughs> and it, the rest of the the rest of the show is normal. I feel like now for me, that's what I don't like. Like I'll be watching a show that's regular, and it'll just be aggressive sex scene out of nowhere, and that's right when my wife walks <laughs> in. I'm like, I was not watching. This came out of nowhere. Yes, this came yeah. out of nowhere. I was not watching that's, this. That's how I used to always be. Like, yeah. <laughs> Someone get back shots and she's about to cook breakfast. Like, I'm, I'm not a sicko. I'm sorry, man. Like, I was just trying to. <laughs> I thought Little Dicky was funny, and right, now all of a right, sudden right. they just do the craziest pointer. I'm like, this is too much for me. So, and I think that's the sentiment for most people. Like, and like I said, I'm kind of like a pruder. Like, you know, my faith and stuff. I don't. I'm just like, I don't really need it. But I know like a lot of people who are like, just that stuff doesn't bother them. But they, their opinion is just like. 
yeah, the, the, sometimes those scenes are just who's this? Who's yeah. this for? I'm not. Approved. Who is this for? I'm not really approved either. And I was watching. The, I was watching that episode two last night, and I'm like, dog, this is crazy. Right? Because who is it? It's not really advancing the storyline like but the, that. And the, the the show. Let me know what y'all think too. The show is, and we can talk to about Eli and recapping our stuff. But the show is shot really well. Yeah. And I'm and a lot. I think some of my interest in it is that I'm thinking about how I'm going to shoot this special. Right, and and the cinematography. Yeah, the sketches and stuff that I'm attached to it. And so I've been, like, watching stuff with that lens, you know, point intended. Yeah. And, uh, but the writing in it is, like, non-existent. Like right. It's, it's like John Wick, but horny. <laughs> like, the, like, the stories in John Wick. Uh, like the, you better be careful of this writer's strike right now. Some executive just heard, horny John Wick? Yeah, Let's right. get that going right now. Let's hard make- and shooting people, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You can't stand up because he's embarrassed. God, my parents listen to this. This I'm is sorry. awful. They've, they've been horny. We've all been horny before, at least once. But um, <laughs> at least one. Just that half a time. Yeah, we've, we've made kids before. But no, anyways, um, yeah. Shout out to to, I guess the the idol. It's a crazy. It's just. I'll have to check know. it out. I still need to finish Succession, so I'm on a backlog on. Uh, that's the opposite. That's probably the exact opposite. No real sexual vibes, but just phenomenal writing. The best writing. Crazy acting. We didn't really talk about the end of Succession on here. We were, I think, because uh, I haven't watched it yet, so we can't. But you also weren't here. That's true. I haven't been here. Yeah, all the, shout out all the HBO shows, and uh, if you haven't watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, go check it out. Season yeah. eleven is where Eli ten or eleven. We'll put it in the notes, but that's where Eli uh, makes his he makes was, his appearance. And he was talking about uh, not getting it. That is such an LA thing. Where now I'm at the point where I've been auditioning long enough, where I'm seeing stuff that I didn't get. And I'm like, damn, bro, that's crazy. Like, oh, that's what they picked. That's crazy. Yeah. And you, like, you know the person now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's It is so crazy not being in entertainment at all. Like, me living in Minnesota and just not having these aspirations. And now, still new to this, like, two years. It's like, I know SNL cast members now. I'm not, like, tight with any of you. You're pretty good friends with. Um, and it's, and But it's just like, when you're not in this world, you just think, like, oh, wow. Like, they're on TV and they're these TV stars. And then when you're actually in the world, it's like those people were doing open mics the day before they got SNL. Oh, especially SNL, yeah. Especially. Like they 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 just plucked them out of not obscurity. Like the people who got it are very talented. But it's just so it's so funny that whatever work drama you have, where it's like that person got a promote. How'd that person get a promotion? They became a senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They became a senior advisor, and I'm still advisor. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what we have but it's literally like bar shows to 30 rock <laughs> I'll be like I, like yeah I got like a audition for like a how I met your how I met your father like one off little role and I'm like that's who got it yeah, yeah. and it's just so bizarre that it's funny that yeah it's instead of talking at the water cooler it's like oh they're the ones who got that ten thousand. <laughs> that's why a rock. lot of comedians I think we talk about this teacher too a lot of us go crazy because it's like you feel as though any given moment could totally change your life yeah, and there's so many people who popped late. Like John Hamm was like teaching acting classes to kids, and then like in his 40s popped off. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr popped late, whatever. And uh, yeah, you see someone like Matt Rife who's been doing this. We talked about this last episode since he was 15, and then all of a sudden, bang, 11, right, yeah, 11 people, million. A lot of it is followers. like people don't see the actual work that I get beforehand. But do you yeah. have? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead no. Well, do you have this because Matt Rife is seems fairly ubiquitous now with. Like younger people, like people who aren't even like comedy fans, if they've seen Matt Rife. And so I, uh, like my little sister's friends will be like, oh, your brother, your brother is stand up. And like, I can see that he kind of has Matt Rife vibes. I'm like, I am nothing ah. like Matt Rife at all, but that's their only, yeah. that's their only connection to stand up comedy. Right. So that's like that. Like it'd be back in the day. Like if someone was like, oh, you do comedy. Oh yeah. I could see how you're like Jerry Seinfeld. And it's like, I'm. No, like that's just a completely different mm-hmm. comedian than me. But that's like people's only access to stand-up comedy. Yeah. So now people are like trying to be like compare me to Matt Rife who don't know comedy. I'm like, that's yeah, not how this. Yeah, man, I don't really get. I don't get. I get compared to actors a lot. Like I get. I get. Some girl came up to me at the club the other night a couple weeks ago. Was like, you look like the Keith Stanfield. Because like, <laughs> we're tall and our beards don't connect. Like that's really like that's, <laughs> not the beards not connecting. That's the only real similarity. And him even talking about you like talking about looking like Larry David. It's like how much I me mean, does he? Yes, but like does he, how much does he really look like Larry David? Right. It's funny. There's just so many like so many regular looking people that, but for whatever reason, people do a really good job of taking things as insults. 
Like being said, oh, you look like a young Larry David. I would just think like, yeah, Larry David is old now. You look like a young person right. like him. And, but, he, but he takes it as, oh, you look like him when he was unsuccessful. Or, or people, yeah, people tell me I look like Logic. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'll be like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? They don't mean anything by it at all. Uh, real quick, before we get out of here, we never did a, a we've, at the beginning, we were just so excited about talking about your birthday and getting to Eli. Yeah. We need a trademark Danny Sellers mental health check. Uh, quick and simple. It's the exhaustion for me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, that's it. Uh, you, that you sounded like, you sounded like the auntie who just downloaded TikTok for the first time. <laughs> yeah. is trying to be relatable to their niece and nephew. <laughs> it's the exhaustion for me. Whoa. <laughs> this is why you got, if y'all listening, you got to check out the video format of this because you just missed some great dance move by you Danny. You probably hear my jacket. Um, Cool. Well, usually we do since you did the mental health check at the end. Usually you do an ism, life lessons with Danny. I'll give a, I'll give a, I'll, I'll give a quick one. Yeah, give uh, us an ism. Uh, yeah, it'll be, I'll fill in for you today because I gotta fucking put the team on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Also, sorry for the curse word, Dad. Um, uh, I'm gonna get to whatever. Here's my ism. There's a after being all jokey and making this is my serious ism for the day. There is a big difference between. Knowing there's nothing to say and not knowing what to say. Hmm. Okay. Like, no, there's a big difference between knowing there's nothing to say and not knowing what to say. Like, just, I've been, like, going through tough times and that's, like, it is something where it's like, oh, yeah, that situation is so bad. That family, yeah. like, it's so bad that people just, there, there truly is nothing to say. But people who act like that they know there's nothing to say, they just show up and they're just like... I know there's nothing I can say right now. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just be present with you. Mm -hmm. But people who don't know what to say are just like, "Well, I hope it gets better." Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. told you it's not gonna get better. Like right. I just told you it's that is some there's real, no getting bro, better. That is some real shit. Because I feel that a thousand. I understand. That. I was listening to another podcast and it was talking about this comedian DC Young Fly, who mm -hmm. wife or partner just passed away. Three had three kids together. She died. In uh, died via plastic surgery and I think about that as we become more popular and quote unquote famous um, how hard it is to do other things in the public eye like, there's people that listen to our show that are like what are they going through you know about you and I or whatever like, right. probably, you know like people really f are starting to fuck with us in that way especially you you've built the audience so it's, it is such a weird thing where you how do you do it in the public eye? Do you do it? Do you call someone? Do you just show up and just are around? Right. Because I, I sometimes I, if when things happen to me, I don't like to be flooded with stuff because that, that's yeah. more responsibility. I got to reply to it, say thank you. Right. I got to answer your phone call. I'm in the middle of fucking doing something. I got to talk to you for eight minutes and re-explain right. why my life is where it is or whatever. It's like, I don't, I did, ah, bro, that is such a real statement. Because right. when I went through what I went through this early this year and breaking up and stuff, I did not want to just, if I, if I could have just posted on Instagram, like, hey, I'm single now. Yeah. I would have done, I would have loved to have done that. Right. But there's so much like baggage right. that would come with that. But I'll, I'm also not famous. So it's, it's weird for me. Like, I mean, you know what <laughs> There's I'm no press announcement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, 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 you just put this in a group check, text, like, hey, y'all. This is yeah, and then it's in the back of your head, like, do I need to make this announcement to people, or do they already know, or do I, like... It's crazy. This is a big, yeah, like, and you have something going on that's like, well, I want to tell everybody, but I don't just want to shout it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, and, yeah, with, yeah, like, the knowing there's nothing you can say, like, a lot of people that we have on the podcast are people that I'm, like, acquainted with, or some of them that I don't really know at all, and part of that's by design, because it makes it more fun to, like, do research on someone I don't know. Eli, like, I have a legitimate friendship with, and he's the perfect example of like, yeah, going through a tough family situation. And there's a lot of people like, hey, I'm sorry you're going through that. And that's nice. But Eli literally was like, hey, I know you must be going through a lot right now. If you need me to like post on your social media for you, like if you need me to actually like caption it and edit and post for you mm. and you just want to give me the material, I will do that for you. Mm. Which is insanely generous. Mm -hmm. But the thing that struck, stuck out to me is like a lot of people are just like, hey, let me know if you need anything. I'm like, well, I'm so overwhelmed I don't even know what I need or I don't even know who I can ask or it's exhausting to even ask. And like someone like him who's just like, I'm going to give a very, that's like the most thoughtful thing ever. I'm like, oh yeah, that would save me a lot of time right. if I need you to do that. Thousand percent. So that's my little, that's my little ism is yeah, show up for people and like show up in specific 
ways. Yeah, don't do it in a way that makes you feel better. Yeah, and don't put the burden on them. Don't put right, the, right. like, a lot of times you people, let me know. People do things because that's the way they want it. And that's like, it's it's selfish in the way that you're trying to show up for somebody. Yeah. Versus, I'm going to show up the way you want me to show up for you right. in this time of need. But it makes me feel better when I send you, you know, roses and call you up every day. Yeah. It makes me feel better when I post about you on social media. Right. Oh, sorry for your loss. I don't give a fuck about those things. I give. A, I care about these things. Right. Show up for me. Right. Yeah. You got to match their love language instead of your own. So. Love, grief language. Is there a grief language? There's, I'm sure there is, but... Um, yeah, that's to get very real at the end of the pod. Thank you guys for rocking with us. People Obviously, we like people, to yeah, we like to joke around, but we get you know you got to give some of the real stuff too. People enjoy our little fake seriousness, though. Yeah, the authenticity, you know. Um, but I hate you so much, Danny. Never <laughs> just out of the end. Oh, got to yeah. lash out. Real when podcasting gets real. I get vulnerable, so I just start lashing out. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always, make sure to like, subscribe, share. Hey guys, if you like this podcast and. Uh, if it's not too much for you, you know, post on your little Instagram story a screenshot that you listen to it. And then people are like, ooh, what's that? Or send it to a friend that you might think likes. We you know we're building this whole following brick by brick. Support us doing live comedy. If you're in the Midwest. We're a black-owned business. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was good. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Uh, we love you. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.